Good to see. Good crowd, man. God's good, ain't he? If you're a guest here, I'm, I'm excited that you're here. Uh, while I'm talking, why don't you turn to Acts 27, and I'll elaborate for a minute. <clears throat> I'm so thankful that you're here. I appreciate everybody uh, that is new, that I, ha- that I don't really know too well. I, I want to get to know you. I want to hug your neck. I want to shake your hand. I want to speak to you. I want to do whatever I need to do to make you feel welcome. But I know some of you have been here before, so you already know how it is around here. We, uh, as a friendly congregation, and we love people, and we love you to be here with us. What a great day it is. Amen? It's the Lord's Day. We get to come together and worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We get to come together as the assembly and worship the one and only Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? We get to worship Him. Uh, What a great uh, time we had at the Lord's table thinking about His death. And you know, we get to do that every week. We get to be reminded of what He did for us. What a blessing that is. Amen? We're finishing up. Actually, we've already started in our classes the new curriculum uh, and we've moved out of Acts, but I'm still kind of hanging in Acts. I just love Acts so much, and I just, it's such an exciting book to see the conversions, to see the early Christians as they uh, push the gospel through uh, the world. And, and, you know, what they did back then is still uh, coming today in this area, ain't it? We still are doing the same thing. Well, at least I hope we're still doing the same thing. You know, uh, we as Christians are the light bearers. We're the light bearers. We are the ones who are supposed to go to our neighbors. We're the ones who are supposed to go to our friends. We're the ones who are supposed to go to our family and tell them about the hope that is within us. Amen? We are the salt of the earth. Jesus said, and think about this, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? Is it then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men? You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Brethren, we must be about our Father's business. And that's it. There it is. Jesus gives us this great piece of understanding for us. We are the light of the world. We are so blessed as disciples of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Think about what we have, brethren. Think about what's within us. So here's a question. Are we walking around knowing that we have the light of life? 
Not only within us, but we have the ability to tell it to other people. We have that blessing. When we wake up in the morning, do we pray? Do we ask the Lord to give us an opportunity to tell someone else about Jesus? Do we, tell, uh, do we ask the Lord to, to bring us somebody that we can talk to about what He's done for us? The title of this lesson this morning is this, Giving Hope. Giving hope when all hope is gone. We have to come to realize that even in the worst situations, even in the most broken-hearted times, we can change someone else's life for the better. Amen? But the only way that this is able to be a part of who we are, the only way that we as Christians can reach our full potential... And understand what James says about considering it all joy when we face various trials. It's for us to understand one thing, and one thing only. That we, as Christians, have been saved. We've been saved. Not lost, saved. And that should excite us. That should change who we are. When we realize what we have that others don't who don't have Jesus, that should change who we are. It should be a big deal. We see this in Paul over and over and over. Man, he makes me so excited. Not because he's Jesus Christ and he never sinned. No, because he's a man. And guess what? He cared about other people. And we see it in this story. Acts 27. Paul is about to go to Rome. I'm not going to get into the big details about it. But Paul is about to go to Rome. He's been locked up. He's in prison. And now he's going to go see Augustus. It's who he called, who he wanted to see. And he's on this trip, and here it is. He's already uh, into some situations. Look at verse uh, 9. Acts 27, verse 9. They had been on the boat, and they come to a different place, and they stop in fair havens. And verse 9 says, Now when much time had been spent, and sailing was now dangerous, because... The fast was already over. Paul advised them, saying, Men, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo and ship, but also our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion was more persuaded by the helmsman and the owner of the ship than by the things spoken by Paul. So he didn't listen, so they kept going on this ship. <laughs> they kept going on the ship, and look at what happens, verse 20. Now when there neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, and no small tempest beat on us, all hope that we would be saved was finally given up. They get out on the ship, just like Paul says, and what happened? 
The stars are no longer uh, in the sky. They can't navigate where to go. They're lost. That's why I don't go on a cruise. <laughs> There's my fear right there, right? Now, I got brethren that are kind of working me through this, kind of talking to me about it, but I have the vision of this happening to me, the split, the boat splitting, and here I am stuck out on the sea by myself on a piece of wood, right, from the ship. But here they were. All hope was gone. Paul's on this boat. He's a prisoner. And look at what it says in verse 21. But after a long abstinence from food, then Paul stood in the midst of them and said, Men, you should have listened to me. Kids, you understand that word? I used to hate that one when I was growing up. You should have listened to me. Look at what happened, right? Look at what happened to you. I told you that was going to happen, and look at what happened. It happened just like I said. Here was Paul in the worst situation. These guys are starving. They haven't eaten. They're hungry. There's no hope. And here comes Paul, and what does he say? I told you so. We should have stayed and waited. We wouldn't have been in this trouble. But then he says something else. This is what makes Paul different. This is what should make us different, brethren. Look at what he says in verse 22. He says, men, you should have listened to me and not have sailed to Crete and incurred this disaster and loss. And he says, and now I urge you to take heart. There will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For there stood by me this night an angel of the, of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve saying, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar, and indeed God has granted you all those who sail with you. Therefore take heart, men, for I believe God that it will be just as it was told me. However, we must run aground on a certain island. He says, I told you so, but I want you to listen to me. I know you're struggling. I know you're down. I know you're out. I know you have no hope. But let me tell you something. I urge you. I admonish you. I advise you to take this task. What is the task, Paul? To take heart. What do you mean, Paul? Take heart. Really? This is the situation I've got. We're going to die out here on the sea, man. You're telling me to take heart? Yeah, I'm telling you to take heart. What confidence Paul had. What confidence he had in the midst of this terrible storm that had blown these people off course. They can't navigate. They can't see. They can't do anything. But I want us to think about this. I just read that passage earlier about Jesus where he says, let our light shine before men that they see our good works. 
which then in turn brings glory to our Father in heaven. I want you to think about that statement at the end of the verse. He says, our Father in heaven. Why was Paul so confident? Why did Paul have this confidence no matter what was going on, no matter where he was at, no matter what he was doing? One of the first things that we as disciples of Jesus or Christians need to understand is if we're going to help others, if we're going to encourage others or bring light or hope to those around us, we must know whom we belong to. Who you belong to? Turn with me to John chapter 10. Turn with me to John chapter 10. I want you to think about this for a minute. Do we really take into consideration that we have a Father in heaven? That we belong to an everlasting kingdom that will never fade away? And a Father in heaven that loves us so very much? Look at what Jesus says in verse 25. I told you, John 10 verse 25 that you do not believe the works that I do in my Father's name. They bear witness of me. But you do not believe because you are not of my sheep. And I said to you, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them. And they follow me, and I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. What a comfort we have as Christians that we've been promised eternal life. Psalm 103 says this, Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Romans 14, 8-9 says this, For if we live... Oh, I love this verse. If we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and rose and lived again that He might be Lord of both the dead and the living. Brethren, we belong to the Lord. Getting back to Acts 27, Paul tells the ones on the ship to take heart. Because the one whom I belong to told me we're going to be okay. What does the Lord tell you? Don't worry about tomorrow, right? Because it'll take care of itself. Be anxious for nothing, right? But in everything through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, right? What does He say? I'm going to come back and I'm going to get my people, right? Over and over and over we see these promises from God. Do we really believe them? And if we do really believe them... Does it affect how we act towards others? 
I belong to the king. I belong to the Lord. But he also says something else. Verse 23, For there stood by me this night an angel of the God to whom I belong and to whom I serve. The second thing that I want us to consider is not only do we have to understand who we belong to, we also have to understand this concept, who we serve. (laughs) We know whom we serve, right? Do you serve the Lord? Or do you serve yourself? We kind of talked about it in class. Boy, what a repetitious thought, but boy, what a powerful understanding. Very simple, but very true, right? You don't have to be very tall. You don't have to be very old. You don't have to be whatever to understand that concept. I want you to turn to Luke 22 real quick. Luke chapter 22, verses 24 and 27. You know, we think about this concept. Why would anybody want to serve somebody else? Why would we want to serve somebody else? We read Paul in many of his epistles. He starts out by saying, take for instance Romans 1.1, Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ. Why would somebody or why would we today want to be a willing servant for Jesus Christ? Why would we want to? Look at what Jesus says in verse 24. Now there was also a dispute among them as to which of them should be considered the greatest. And he said to them, The kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and those who exercise authority over them are called benefactors. But not so among you. On the contrary, he who is the greatest among you, let him be as the younger. And he who governs as he who serves. For who is greater, he who sits at the table or he who serves? Is it not he who sits at the table? Yet I am among you as the one who serves." The one at the table is the greatest. And what was Jesus doing? Serving. If we serve like we should, and we understand that the one that we do serve is serving, this is what a bondservant looks like. Listen to these qualities. A bondservant walks with deep humility before the Lord. A bondservant has genuine concern for the welfare of others. A bondservant seeks to encourage, comfort, and strengthen others. A bondservant strives to do the will of his master and please him only. A bondservant exalts the Lord and all glory goes to him. A bondservant is not quarrelsome, but kind and patient when wronged. A bondservant sees his service to the Lord as a grateful and loving response to God. And a bondservant understands 
the reward that comes with being faithful to him. Paul understands that he belongs to the Lord and he serves him. And what that does for him, it allows him to tell these on the boat who have no hope that there is hope. And it's in God. The one I belong to. The one I serve. Why do I want to be a bondservant to the Lord? Because I know what He's done for me. I know what I get. I get to be forgiven. I get to have a relationship. I get to be found right in His eyes. And one day I get to make heaven my home. Paul tells those on the boat to take heart because he believes what God had told him. Verse 25 says, Therefore take heart, men, for I believe God that it will be just as it was told me. Just like it was told to me is exactly how it's going to happen. Now here's the question for us and here's the application. When we read the Bible, when we understand what it says, do we believe it? And if we do, do we apply it? I don't have time to go through the rest of the story, but I do want us to pull down to the very end of the uh, chapter, verse 44. Dedicating our lives to the one we belong to helps us in our faith. And as it strengthens our faith in turn, it makes us want to go serve. Are you serving others? Are you doing things to help the kingdom, to further it, to bring glory and honor to the Lord in your actions? Are you going into this dark world shining light? Look at what happens. Paul said it was going to be okay. Everybody was going to be all right. And verse 44 says, And the rest, some on boards and some on parts of the ship. And so it was that they all escaped safely to land. And I'm missing a lot of uh, stuff in the middle and I don't have time to deal with it. I encourage you, if you haven't read uh, chapter 27, to take some time and read it. What a powerful area of Scripture. But here's the bottom line. Paul said it was going to happen and guess what? It happened. Not because he said it, because God said it. What God says is going to happen. If you're sitting here today and you're just walking through life and you're not really applying the principles that God wants you to apply to your life, guess what? You're on scary ground. If we believe the Bible and we believe what it says, then guess what? It's really going to happen the way it says. Amen? It's really going to happen. So if I'm not doing the things that I'm supposed to be doing, what am I doing? I'm living contrary to a God who loves me so much and gave me everything for my success. We should be excited to be Christians. It shouldn't be a chore. It shouldn't be a duty. 
It shouldn't be something that puts us out to come here on Sunday mornings. It shouldn't be a sad time for us to come back on a Sunday night or a Wednesday Bible study or a Devo. It shouldn't be anything like that. We should be excited to be together, brethren, and to bring as many people as we can in here. And when they're down, we encourage. When they're up, we encourage. When I'm down, I need to be lifted up. But I can do it right here. The problem is so many times we walk out the door and it's just the next, next Sunday on my mind, man. I'll just be back next Sunday. I got to do what I got to do. I want you to look at these verses as we close and be encouraged by these. I want you to realize and think about it. See if it's true what this says. Joshua 21, 45. Joshua told the children of Israel, he said, Not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel. All came to pass. Did it not? Did, he not, did it not come to pass everything that he said was going to come to pass? Absolutely. He brought them out of Egypt. He brought them into the promised land. Over and over and over, His promises will always come to pass. That's the God I believe in. That's the God I belong to. He says, if I'm a Christian and I've been born again and I've been baptized for the remission of my sins, guess what? I am a part of His body. I'm added to the kingdom. Now look at this one. Lamentations. Jeremiah. The Lord has done what He purposed. He has fulfilled His word which He commanded in the days of old. Did it not happen? What He said, exactly what He said, always came to pass, right? You're going to go, uh, a, a country's going to come in and get you. They go away to Babylon. They go out for however many years and then they come back. Just as the Lord said. Over and over we see this. Now flip into the New Testament. Look at this, brethren. Be encouraged by this as we close. Philippians 1.6 says this, Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you, when you obeyed the gospel and you became a child of God, guess what? He has began a good work in you. And guess what he said he's going to do? He will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. One day, you're going to be in heaven. One day, you're going to be with the Lord. That is not a lie. That is not something that I just made up. That is not just some crazy story. That's what the Lord said. The one we believe in. The one we follow. Why don't we want to tell somebody about that? Huh? Why don't we want to go tell somebody about that? And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, brethren, we will reap. We'll reap it if we don't lose heart. We're going to reap it. What God said is true. I came from a bad, bad place, man. I came from a bad, bad way. But guess what? I've been redeemed. How about you? Guess what? You may have not lived a terrible life. You may have not done terrible things. But guess what? If you're not a Christian, you're still an enemy of God. That's bad. But you don't have to be. 
You don't have to be an enemy. You can be his child and you can serve him and go tell others and bring them and bring them, brethren. We can do it. We have the ability. But do you realize who you belong to? Do you, believe, do you realize who you serve? And if you do, that will strengthen your belief and it will change who you are completely. I don't want to uh, say you something that's false, but here's what I do know. Jesus said, and we had it on the board for the Lord's Supper, be faithful until death, and guess what? I will give you the crown of life. I want the crown of life. I'll just tell you that right now. And I want to do anything that I can to give somebody else an opportunity. I still remember what Paul says, and it encourages me more and more that I think about it. I am a debtor to somebody. I owe somebody the hope that's within me. A chance to be able to become a child of God. Amen? We have that hope within us. Let's give somebody hope. Maybe you're here today and you need to obey the gospel. Maybe you're here and you need to become a child of God. You can do it. You can believe who Jesus is. Believe what He did. He came, He died, and He rose again for you. You can do it by repenting of your sins, turning from the old man that you used to be and become a new one, saying, I'm tired of living that way. Confess his name before men, saying, I'm not ashamed. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God and being baptized for the remission of your sins. Jesus said, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. If you need to be saved, if you need prayers, if you need to repent, whatever you need, come right now together we stand and sing.